Let's pray. And so, Lord, we thank you that we are here this morning to learn from your word. I pray that your spirit will guide and get my words, that they will be the things you want me to say, and that your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, will be glorified. And everyone listening, whether in the audience or outside, will be blessed. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So I've been trying to get you to study the Gospel of Luke. So I'm hoping that by the time we are done today, you will, you will be playing it in your ears. Because Luke is the Gospel of individuals. And it's, don't take this the wrong way. It presents the Lord Jesus Christ at his best. As he meets the needs of people. And in this gospel, today I'm going to at least do, it will be quick, <laughs> brief, briefer than I like. My wife told me, how do you hope to finish 45 slides? And I said, the Holy Spirit will help me. <laughs> so it will be brief. <clears throat> and uh, mostly because I want to spoil you to go in and dig, uh, dig for yourself. Okay, because Luke was a doctor, he knows the fears that people experience. So Luke's gospel has more fear knots than any other gospel. And hopefully we can learn something from some of this. So I start off by putting up some scriptures because we need to live by the word of God. And again, my wife told me, uh, don't. She hopes people don't get the impression that these are the only promises. What this is supposed to do is to point you to the fact that there are so many promises in the word of God that you need to make your own. Because when you make them your own, you know, they point you to the Lord. So, Jesus Christ, the first time he spoke was when he was 12 years old at the temple. And he said, don't you know, uh, not the first time he spoke, okay, when he became human, my daughter said, Ooh, he's been speaking from the beginning. Yes, when he, when he became human, so I have to qualify this before, yeah, yes, when he became human, took on humanity, the first time he spoke, at least the first time it is written in the scriptures. He must have spoken long before that, but in terms of scripture recording. It's when he was 12 years old. And he spoke to his earthly parents. said, don't you know I must be about my father's house? The next time he spoke was, as written in the scripture, I'm sure he spoke all through the other time, was when he was 30 years old, as he was beginning his ministry. And John the Baptist said, oh, I shouldn't be baptizing you. You should be baptizing me. He said, suffer it to be so for now, for it. It has to be like this to fulfill all righteousness. We know that baptism is a picture of the resurrection, death, burial, and resurrection. So the next time he spoke, as soon as that event finished, he moved into the wilderness and was hungry for 40 days and 
40 nights he fasted and then the enemy showed up and said, if you are the son of God, turn this stone into bread. If you are the son of God. While he was being baptized, what did the father say? This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And as he moved in, the enemy said, if you are. And Jesus said these words, it is written. Man, human beings, not just men, boys, girls, women, everyone, everyone shall not live by bread alone. Or if you like, don't take it the wrong way, rice. Some people eat lots of rice, some potatoes. Shall not live by that alone or material things alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Real life is living by the word of God. I heard somebody say that Ime, I saw, he had one of the brothers, he was very Canadian. One of the brothers has stopped listening to news. That was me. Because it's filled with so many words that don't edify me, don't build me up. And I spent so much time listening to it, and I was always told, the world is coming to an end. Trump is going to bring down everything. And I, my heart would be doing like this. So I felt that I should go to the word of God. It is much more profitable rather than listening to all of that. So man shall live by every word of God. That's the first word. These are some of the words of God. Some of the promises I want you to hang on to today or to spoil you so that you can begin to take the scriptures to heart. This scripture was highlighted to me during Rejoice by Miss Anne. I knew it before, but it came alive. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. Wonderful words. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. As they were about to enter the promised land, these were the words that were spoken by Moses. This applies to us too. Because Jesus, Hebrews tells us he will never leave us nor forsake us. And Jesus himself said, Lo, I am with you. Always. It's a good word to have, and I like the NIV translation. Others have other translations, but this I like best. Oh, again, this one was highlighted to me by Don Salmons. I knew it before, but when I showed up at Northbrook, he read it in the wonky NASV that says the steadfast of mind. Then I recalled, it says, you will keep him or her in perfect Peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusts in you, trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. So my job this morning is to encourage you that you are not alone, regardless of your situation. God is for you and is with you. And that's what the word of God is supposed to do. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. Okay. Huh. I went for a walk with my boy. And we're in the woods. And he said, Dad, look, that's a bald eagle. And the bald eagle was going, was going. And then the bald eagle was gracious enough to stop so that we could at least have a good look. And I was reminded of this scripture. 
Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my Lord. That could be you this morning, thinking that God has forgotten you or God has left you. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. If you are fainting, you are a candidate for God to give power. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall be exhausted. Getting slightly old, not that old, but um, not able to keep up with the kind of things I used to do. Uh, my youngest, who came when I was getting slightly old, we, I can't run again with him like I used to run with the others. And, but he's never tired. But he says, even young men shall be exhausted, or even youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall be exhausted, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. When I saw the eagle, I was reminded, this was one of Ralph Dillman's, Dillman's favorite passage. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I'm pointing out these scriptures because the Bible, the word of God, we need to have it in our mind so that the Holy Spirit can bring it and then we will be encouraged as we journey in life. We need to have it more. Trust in the Lord with all your hearts and do not lean. Don't rely on your understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And it will make your path straight. All your heart. Don't lean. Don't rely on your understanding. You know, sometimes I hear people say their logic. Say, it doesn't make sense. If it makes for faith and it's written in the word of God, take it. Because your sense or senses there about is limited. But God's understanding is unlimited. And he knows the future. So that's why we need the word to strengthen our heart. Oh, how about this one? And God is able to make all grace abound to you. Able to make all grace abound to you so that having all, look at the word all, 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 all sufficiency in all times, in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. God is able to make all grace. Grace for the moment. We need different grace at different situations, in different stations in life. And God is able to make it abound. So, it's a wonderful one to have. Oh, yes. Galatians 2.20. David's favorite passage, which is also Clyde's. Wonderful words. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer high who live, but Christ who, Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. Look at the last phrase. Who loved me and gave himself for me. 
Like some will say, say even if you were the only sinner, the Lord Jesus would have died for you. It's very, very personal. He loved me and he gave himself for me. And uh, more, standing on the promises. I was lying down, you know, this is not the word of God. This is the word of a hymn. If you don't know this, it's one of the hymns we have there. You know, I was lying down. This was coming to me as I was thinking, we need to stand on the promises of God. That's what we need to stand on. And I don't want to read it so that I can tell my wife that the slides are moving very quickly, as you can tell. They are moving. So, but this is, I want to remind you that there's a song like this that you can sing. You can get the words in here and it reminds you that God has promises in his word for you and for me. Right. Okay. Now, it's your turn. I wanted to make sure the scriptures come out before you start talking and then I keep blabbing. What are some potential causes of fear in 2024? Let me list two that I keep hearing all the time. I keep hear people either saying it or this phone sends me, says uh, summary news. Climate change and financial deficit or lack. So you come up and tell me what are some of the other potential causes of fear? Uncertainty, potential for war. Third World War, or Israel and Hamas, um, Russia and the rest. What else? Health. Those are issues. Those are real issues. People are concerned about their health and their situation. What else? Recession, famine, no, nothing to eat. What else? Stress, stress at work. You have a difficult boss, and you don't know how to cope. <laughs> or you have difficult colleagues. <laughs> These are even marital stress, children's stress. Will my, how will my kids cope? All of these are potential causes of fear. They are being taught all kinds of things. You know. But the Lord Jesus tells us not to fear. Okay, let's move on. How many numbers of fear not or do not be afraid is in Luke Gospel. Now you don't know, but after today you will. It's just a number. Guess. Seven. Did somebody say seven? Seven is a good number. It is a good number. <laughs> Seven is a good number. It says seven, or I put a question mark because in one of the passages, there is cluster of fear not, but they all relate to the same item. So, and then at the end of Luke chapter 24, Jesus said, he said the disciples were frightened and fearful, and Jesus says, do not fear. He didn't use the phrase, do not fear. He said, why are you fearful and discouraged. So the phrase do not fear didn't appear. So seven-ish plus. <laughs> At least seven. Okay. Why do we have fear not or do not be afraid in the Bible? You can't be wrong. These questions are designed so that you cannot be wrong. Why? 
Because we are human. Fearful things happen. And, you know, some of these words, most of the ones we are going to be looking at today, they came from the mouth of the Lord Jesus Christ himself, speaking to people in their situations. Because we are human. And by humans, when there's uncertainty or things arise, your heart, yeah. Right? Okay. A title for Jesus that is used only in Luke's gospel. Savior is used somewhere else. So think about this carefully. Master, not rabbi, keep master on. Master, you are right, master. And the first person to use that was Peter, master. Master, I walked hard all night, Peter. And then when they were in the storm, they said, master, master, don't you care that we perish? You wouldn't find this title in other gospel. It's not that there's anything wrong with it, but look, it's a title of authority that is found in Luke gospel. So, what I did was to put the face, fear not, or do not be afraid in Luke gospel. I put it as a question mark, and then <clears throat> my editor removed the questions. Say, just go to the message. Okay? <laughs> so, it's no longer a question. Let's begin. Let's read. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear a son, and you have to call him John. And John means God is gracious. So, Zechariah, we know was at the temple and then burning incense and the angel suddenly appeared and so he was frightened. He's never seen this before. The angel understood that he was frightened so he told him, don't be afraid, Zachariah. Your prayer has been heard. And I'm sure you're familiar with this story because Zechariah was wondering, what prayer? I prayed about a child for many years. And I gave up because my wife was getting old and we passed childbearing age. What prayer are you talking about? Zechariah might have put it at the back of his mind and forgot about it, but God did not forget. And at the right time, God showed up. We know the story that his wife got pregnant and she hid herself for five months because she was ashamed to show herself in public. She couldn't believe it. So, the lesson is this. God still answers prayers. We have access to God like never before. When Jesus showed up, he opened the gates so that any time and everywhere, we have access. It doesn't have to be in this building. It doesn't, any time and every way, we are always standing before God, and he still answers prayers. And not only that, we have 
Somebody representing us in heaven. Praying for us. He ever lived to make intercessions for us. So we should pray. Luke Gospel encourages us to pray. Actually, Jesus teaching on prayer is very persistent. It's like, ask, seek, knock. Say, keep going. And he tells them that if you know how to give good gift to your children and you are evil, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit and other blessings to them that ask him? So do not be afraid. If you have been praying, keep praying and keep trusting. Expect and count on God's answers to your prayer. So my message this morning is very, very believer-centric. But I'm hoping that if you are not a believer, by the time we leave this place, you will become one. So expect and count on God to answer your prayers. The second fear not. In Luke Gospel. Greetings. Oh, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. So what was troubling her? Huh. The saying. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. That word favor, favor, it means grace. Grace. A literal translation will be grace to you who is highly graced, you have found grace with God. Our brother Lordwin told us that grace means what? God giving you what you don't deserve. And somebody has said it is at Christ's expense. So grace is available for the year. God grants grace. Believers have God's glorious grace. We'll read that shortly. And more grace is always available. When I went to bury my dad and then came back, remember that song that is written there, he giveth more grace when the burden grows heavier. That song was playing in my head, you know. Those days it was a... it was cassette recorder where you put the, you know, that stuff and then you, you know, carried a big box on your side. I was at the airport at Amsterdam and then I was, it was playing when the burdens grow greater, he giveth more grace. He giveth more grace. To added affliction, he giveth more grace. I was reminded that God grants grace in every situation. Because we are all different with different needs. We need different grace, and because our seasons are different, God gives grace in this season. So it wasn't just Mary that got grace. Grace is available to us. So expect and count on God's glorious grace and more. Don't be afraid. Okay, let's read. Wonderful words. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 to 6. Blessed be the God... And Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. 
that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which, notice that, he's talking to believers, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In Christ, we have abundant grace, if you are a believer. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. In fact, it goes on to say that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us. So grace is available for the journey. And God will grant you. So count on it. Count on it. That regardless of the bombs you meet on the way, there will be grace for the season. But there's more. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. This is the point. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he decides in his heart. Not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. That's the condition for the next verse. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you. So that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. Generous believers can count on God's abundant grace. So I want to challenge you that make this a year where you are generous with the things that the Lord has blessed you with. Your time, your talent, your temple, which is your body, your tent, even your home. Make it a time to be generous and count on God to give you extra measures of grace. Okay, it's another Sunday. That says, take my life and let it be. And then he says, take my voice, take my hands, take my will, take my love, take my feet, take all of me. It's there. I really don't have time to sing. My wife said I won't finish, and I'm trying to prove her wrong. <laughs> I will not succeed, I know that. Okay. <laughs> the thought, are we on the thought? Oh, we still have how many to go? Probably more. <laughs> All right. The angels showed up and told the shepherds, appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. That's the shepherds. And the angels said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. This was read this morning at breaking of bread. This that will be for all the people. It was a dark night, but God sent a messenger with good news. That's my prayer for you at your darkest night, that God will send you a message with good news. It was a dark night. You see, God's word, the Bible, is always good news. Always good news. Not just a collection of stories. I'm trying to hope that you will look at the Bible, not just a collection of stories and laws and rules, but God's promises promises for you 
reminding you that nothing can separate you from the love of God, and God is for you. So you need to read, listen to it, study, meditate, and appropriate it. Believers should live and should live on God's promises, not explanations. Once you understand it enough and it's clear in your mind and it's for you, claim it. Even if you can't explain it and give long expositions, it doesn't matter. You should live on the promises of God, not necessarily explanations. All right, so expect and count on God's good news in the Bible. I'm moving. <laughs> And I'm moving very fast. I'm looking at the time. So you need to slow down time. You need to slow down. <laughs> All right. So here we have Peter. So I put that Jesus in bracket so that somebody doesn't crucify me, so that it's clear. That's all it is. It's not in the Bible. He is. He said to Simon, that's Jesus Christ speaking to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing but at your word. At your word. I will lay down the nets. Notice, I highlighted a few things. He called Jesus Master. He told him that he's a great hard worker. He worked very hard. He wasn't slacking. You can't slack when you're in the middle of the sea. You can't sleep. You'll be, if a storm comes, you'll be drowned. And he said, we got nothing. But because you have spoken, I will obey. And notice it wasn't one net, but nets. Nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. Of course, not just that the nets were breaking, the boats were doing what? Sinking. And so Simon called his colleagues, said, come. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. He couldn't believe his eyes. And Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. Fruitless all night, Jesus stepped in the next morning. And everything changed for Simon forever. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. God is greater than your sin. That's what he said. Because he felt he was in the presence of God and he would be struck. Sometimes our sins wear us down. We feel we are unworthy of God's blessings. Yet God gave us his very best. So don't live in the realm of regret all year. Wondering, it is because of my sin that I'm going through this. If you've confessed it and God has taken it away, don't let it weigh you down. Okay? Keep looking to Jesus. Hebrews says that, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. More to come on Peter, Jesus, and the Sea of Galilee. You might want to look at it yourself and see what happens. Peter had a few encounters with Jesus on that. Words to live by. Let's remind ourselves. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. You will keep him in perfect peace. That will be you and me. God will. Whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever. 
for the Lord is an everlasting rock. Yes, have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He doesn't faint, he doesn't get weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He gives power to defend. And to those that have no might, increases strength. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. So trust the Lord to give you strength in your journey. And trust him with all your heart. He goes before you. I really like these words. Before me and will be with me. I love it. And will never. Notice the word never? Never. Never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. And do not be discouraged. Able to make all grace abound. Loved me and gave himself for me. The fifth fear not. We are moving. <laughs> we are moving. The fifth fear not. Hmm. While he was still speaking, someone from the ruler's house came and said, your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher anymore. But Jesus, on hearing this, answered him, don't fear. Only believe and she will be well. A very dark day in Jairus' life. His only daughter died because Jesus delayed. Do you sometimes feel that way? That he's delaying, he's not acting, and you're disappointed? Sometimes I do. So, but even when there are disappointments and delays, trust. And don't panic. God's timing is never wrong. God's timing is never wrong. And he will come through for you. So count on God to work all things together for your good. It doesn't mean that all things are good. But he works all things together for your good. The sixth fear not. We are moving. You will agree. So these are meant to be Veneets or primer, so that now your mind will bubble. I'm going to go into the Luke gospel and then just let it be read to me. This is what I do when I go on the trail. Like yesterday, for three hours while I was there with my boy, where it's quiet, I just played it and listened. Because this is good news. I don't want to hear CBC or CNN or whoever else is giving bad news. I want good news. And the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, they are good news to the soul. So I just listen and then let it, you know, try to pay. I, I move away from the city of noise because I can't concentrate where there is noise. But if I'm in the woods, I can not say, oh, so that's what he's saying. And then I will smile, you know. So I'm trying to spoil you to get it. So now, the fifth one, the sixth one. Here are not five sparrows sold for two pennies and not one of them is forgotten before God. Why? Even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, you are of more value than many sparrows. So Jesus was talking to disciples on this. He was warning them against hypocrisy or fearing men. So in this there's a lot of cluster of fear not, but they're all referring to the same thing, okay? So he was speaking to them on that. God considers you precious, even when nobody else does. 
If you are a believer, he considers you precious. He cares for little sparrows. He will care for you. So that will never change. You are precious to God, and that will never change. All right. We are moving. I'm not giving exposition. I'm sparring you, right? So that you can listen. The seventh, fear not or do not be afraid in Luke Gospel. And he said to his disciples, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Fear not, little folks, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. What's the background of this? You know, the young man came to Jesus, tell my brother to share the estate with me. And Jesus said, who made me a judge and a ruler over you? And then he began to tell the story of the rich fool who said, soul, you have it all stored up. So take it easy and enjoy. And that night, the end came. And then Jesus turned to his disciples and said this, therefore I tell you, don't be anxious. About your life, if you're like me, circumstances show up and anxiety level goes up. And I'm worried or concerned and I'm anxious. But he says, don't be. And that's my encouragement to you, don't be. Because you're secure. The future is secure in the hands of the Lord Jesus Christ. Your life is in his hands. And so don't be anxious. I say, well, that's easy to say. Ah, you don't know about me, it's in my gene. Go to the scriptures and say, Lord, make it clear to me. Take away my anxiety. Help me to live trusting. That's what Jesus said. And he said it to disciples. And if you are a child of God who has given his life to Christ, if you are not a disciple now, you're on your pathway to disciple. It's for you. Don't be anxious. Expect and count on God to give you a great future. So the future is not a question mark. It's an exclamation point. Yes, the Lord is going to keep me and sustain me regardless of what is going on. Not me keeping myself and sustaining myself, but God will give me testimony. So expect and count on God to give you a great future. We're almost there. The eighth, fear not. I said seven with a question mark. And they were talking about these things. Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. Right? Jesus and he said to them, why are you troubled and why do doubts arise in your heart? So this was after the resurrection. After he had spoken to the two men on the road to Emmaus and they returned back to the house and they were talking and then telling them we've seen the Lord and then Jesus showed up and then, oh, we're in trouble. And so he asked them, why are you troubled? 
Then he said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the psalm must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scripture. This is a prayer worth praying. God, when I look into your word, open my mind to understand. Open my eyes so I can see Jesus on the pages of scripture because it will transform and change your life. So there's more. Like I said, I'm not, this is like vignettes because I'm trying to spoil you to go to the scripture. Jesus, our ever-living savior, is with us. The future, I said before, is not a question mark, it's an exclamation point. Expect and count on God to never leave you, nor forsake you. Lessons. So we are about to wrap up. I told her I will finish. And I'm very close. Very close. God answers prayers. Keep praying. And if you have not been praying, start praying. And start trusting. Okay? It gives more grace. Make your life a gift in 2024. Because God abounds grace when you make your life a gift. You get more grace than the normal one. It gives you extra grace. God's word, the Bible, is good news. That's why you need to make it count. There's so much bad news out there, and people are telling me all the time bad news. There is good news. The word of God, and we have it as never before. All you need is you version on your phone. It gives you the playing model instead of the TikTok and the TikTok and the Instagram and all of that. Let the word of God speak to you and it will build you up and strengthen you. Your life will not be the same because it will keep you on the right focus. The Lord Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith. God is greater than your sin. If you are guilty, always feeling guilty, you've confessed the sin, but you're always feeling guilty. Maybe this is happening to me because of what I did or what I is greater than your sin. Keep looking to Jesus because he came to die for your sin. God is in control and God's plan for you will be fulfilled. Regardless of what the enemy thinks or plan, God's plan will succeed. And God considers you precious. He gave you his very best, the Lord Jesus Christ. Our future is secure. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Keep your life free, finally, from the love of money. And be content with what you have, for he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say the Lord is my, my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Shalom. Him of the ages. Let's pray. And so, Lord, we thank you for your word. We pray that we find encouragement and hope as we look to you. You have a future in your hand. Help us to trust you. And lean on you because you are good. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.